and welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm Alan, and as you already heard, I'm joined by my friend Brent, as well as my friend Ski. Top Go sports team. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are going to be talking about episode 18 of season one, The Operation. And as always, start off with a recap, then yeah. give our uh, ratings for the episode. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> As we continue on our... I think Brent got a lot of sleep last night. Yeah, apparently so, or he's really tired right now. But either way, you know, we'll just go ahead and jump right into the recap. So We're, we're at the 10% mark. It's all downhill from here. All downhill? So you were working your way up to this episode, or was 17 your best one and it's all downhill from there? Or are we at the pinnacle now? Oh, this is it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've tithed my 10%, so everything else is just gravy for the listeners. So so this 10% you did for God? <laughs> <laughs> For the true believers out there. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're doing the Lord's work. Uh, <laughs> and that from now on, you plan to do your own quality level. Exactly. Uh, now it's just to amuse myself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me before today you were trying to amuse others? Correct. Oh, oh okay. Um, and the reviews bear me out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we do have a startling lack of reviews at this point. Now, we are, this is the 18th episode we're recording, but we've only released the fourth episode, so we're like 14 weeks ahead mm-hmm. at this point. So, you know, perhaps once this episode actually comes out, we'll have a couple more comments down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, hey, Maybe if you are listening English. to this, what's that? Maybe even in English. Yeah, it could be. With <laughs> um, our international audience. So, by all means, if you're listening now, if you've made it all the way to episode 18, feel free to stop by iTunes and leave a comment so Brent knows how what you think of them. Or wherever you get your podcast yes exactly i would prefer if you leave it in korean korean (laughs) so like just put it in the korean language yeah do they use like the alphanumeric or do they have a different um i actually get some uh chinese and korean emails at work Mm -hmm. uh not necessarily directly from me but like the email chain has some older like emails down the chain okay and sometimes they're in the actual chinese you know characters Hmm. So does Korea then have those same type of uh, characters? Yeah, they're they're different, but yeah, they're so they're they're still like illustrative, like picture type okay. characters. Well, you learn something new every podcast. I grab them, I put them in uh, Google Translate to know what the heck they're saying. Okay. <laughs> so, well, it's good to know that. Uh, Do they normally just say you have to be eighteen to view this website? <laughs> and all, well, I am. So here I'm going to click. <laughs> That would be something interesting to explain at work, huh? <laughs> well, hey, if it's on a work email, you can't really get in too yeah. much trouble for uh, looking at work-sponsored porn. No <laughs> <laughs> works. I like that. So. Better than state-sponsored porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, because that stuff um, is way too tame. Mm-hmm. But if I know anything about a plastics company, it's that they have the best <laughs> sponsorships for porn. I don't know. I think Putin would have some pretty hardcore state-sponsored. Who? Putin. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, but, you know, if it's there, then uh, if, if you happen to be on, you know, into same-sex stuff, probably not going to get any of that, so. But if you like man on horse. <laughs> yeah, 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 a shirtless man on a horse, there's nothing that gets me going like that. <laughs> Look at those gray skies. Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. I just wish Donald Trump would ride around shirtless on a horse more often. <laughs> That would actually be pretty in- interesting. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Uh, he could be the, the modern laps, day. Um, the last would roll in. Uh, who is it? Uh, who is the person who rode uh, naked on a horse? Lady Godiva. Yeah, Lady Godiva. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking President Taft. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not as uh, up on my history as you are, Brent. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, so now that we're four minutes Roosevelt in. Roosevelt rode a horse frequently. Did he? Was he naked when he Not rode the Del, horse? No. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not Teddy. Teddy. Was he naked? Oh, yeah, the other one. Not that I'm aware of. He was in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> he had the iron horse. <laughs> right. He had a chariot. But he um, was definitely naked in a wheelchair. Or was the chariot. On a steel horse he rode. <laughs> 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 so. Anyways, so into into uh, the recap. We can skip it. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll do the recap. We're going to have our first two-hour episode. Yes. <laughs> All right. Episode 18, The Operation. Uh, original air date was February 8th, 1986. Uh, written by Winifred Hervey and directed mm-hmm. by Terry Hughes. Nice. Uh, we open at the front entry. Uh, we see Rose opening the front door while kind of glancing backwards. Uh, Blanche is helping Dorothy walk towards the entry. And the girls are kind of helping her keep her weight off her feet. 
Sophia is sitting in the living room and immediately sees that uh, her daughter is injured and uh, kind of jumps up and uh, in concern. Blanche explains that she's likely just pulled a muscle. And Rose expands by saying that she likely hurt herself while performing a special tap, tap dance move. Uh, and then she demonstrates. Yeah, the, the six count. Cincinnati two step. Yeah, Cincinnati riff with a double pullback. Nice. Yeah. I know that you do that almost every day to warm up for the podcast or almost every taping session. To, I do. Yeah. I do. Um, I can do it for you now if you would like. Uh, you know, if it was a, if we had a video cast, then mm-hmm. I would absolutely have you do it for mm-hmm. the audience. But um, unfortunately, you don't even have your tap shoes on today. So okay. they would just hear you in a soft shoe. Okay. Well, I was, <laughs> I was just going to sit quietly for 15 seconds and let you applaud. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> let the viewer's imagination fill in the blanks. But so much for that. Yeah. Well, perhaps uh, for the Patreon. <laughs> You know, you just get like a middle, you know, table like surface mm-hmm. and like a little dime yeah. or something, and just kind of yeah, yeah. tap, well, tap on it and make it sound like it's tap dancing. Brent's yeah. nothing if not a master of foley. So. That's right. Mm-hmm. How does that work for the Patreon? Like, if somebody bids like you know five bucks a month, do we each get one fifty, and Patreon gets fifty cents? Or the odds of us ever having enough listeners to make it worthwhile? Then I'm not um, about enough. I'm talking about one listener who oh, just oh, willing to pull up five bucks. <laughs> Well, my, my assumption is I mean, that... It doesn't have to be recurring. Just one person out there, <laughs> send us $5. <laughs> Make it all worthwhile. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's any fee. I, I would assume that they charge a percentage. Yeah, so yeah. let's assume it's at least 20%. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, so then we get $4 out yeah. of that, so $1.33 each. And gotcha. you know, since we do it at my house, I get the extra penny. Mm-hmm. Seems fair. It does seem fair. Although you have the gas. At the, time. Yeah. the problem is, is that you two have an equal claim to the penny, so I would take it to keep the infighting to a minimum. <laughs> so what I always recommend is trying to find three people who are willing and we each walk away with four bucks. Ah, gotcha. So that'd be fun. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe each of our wives <laughs> can sponsor and then we can feel like that we're, uh, you know, I don't know, earning. Yeah. Well, I know I have to give mine $5 just to come here. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm losing money on the deal. So you pay her five bucks to allow you out of the house for a couple hours. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I would think that she'd pay you five bucks to leave the house for an hour, but... Oh, no. I'm amusing. She oh, likes me around. <laughs> you are amusing. I'll definitely grant that. So. <laughs> Maybe, you know, once we get enough of these released, you won't have to pay her five bucks because she can just listen to the podcast that's already been posted <laughs> and then still be amused by you. There you go. She can listen to the previously posted episode. Yeah, while you're there. gone. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And be like you're right there with her. Exactly. You know, with two annoying friends. <laughs> In podcast form. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it's the way people enjoy me most, audibly. <laughs> exactly. Without yeah. the burden of the visual. Yeah. Yeah. I like to imagine her sitting at home, sitting at the kitchen table, listening to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. I don't know. I, I always listen to podcasts at work, typically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, I know you would occasionally listen to them when you had a long ride mm-hmm. to different places. Correct. and I don't think you really ever listen to podcasts as far as I know. I've never listened to a single podcast. I know you like to told. watch long political videos on the toilet. Um, Sometimes. So maybe it, What's that? Walnuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but perhaps you can switch over to a podcast at some point. And, you know, I, I know how long you take in the bathroom. You could definitely get to one of our 45-minute episodes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not the longer, Matt, the hour and 15 ones that we yeah, go sometimes. Yeah, let's leave, save a little mystery, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so is your bathroom uh, schedule going to be part of the Patreon also? Is that the mystery you're talking about? That's not a bad call. Why, no. why give away the milk? Uh, That's right, yeah. Or whatever. We just throw in some <laughs> nuggets yeah. <you> know, <laughs> to our paid listeners. Right, exactly. So, All right, so we got a hobbled Dorothy walking in yeah, who hurt then, her uh, foot uh, doing a tap dancing uh Routine mm-hmm. of some kind, mm-hmm. and then of course, like I said, Rose did a little demonstration, which was very nice. Mm-hmm. Was very nice. Uh, we were told that the girls have been practicing for an upcoming dance recital, and that uh, Dorothy insists that she'll be fine, and the injury kind of comes and goes. Uh, moreover, that she should be ready for the show next week, so coming up really soon. Right. Uh, Blanche says that uh, she should still get checked by a doctor. Uh, just kind of mentioning that. Uh, breaking the conversation, Dorothy notices that Sophia is currently knitting and asks what she's making. Sophia explains that she's making a cover for their bottle of sherry. And she's like, not the sherry here in the house, the sherry I take to the park, yeah. which kind of piques their interest. Uh, she tells the girls that 
She's a member of the Cloud Society, and that also piques her interest. <laughs> right. So every time they said it, it kept sam- sounding like they were saying clown. Yeah, I thought so too. You know, every time, and I, I, I did the episode three times, and every time I heard clown, <laughs> but the only way it makes sense is if it's cloud. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is Cloud Society, but yeah, I don't know. They just didn't enunciate that particular yeah. <laughs> N uh, or that uh, D, I guess, yeah. um, properly. But uh, yeah, the, the Cloud Society, that, this one did lead to one of my favorite lines of the episode of uh, if you drink out of a paper bag at the park suddenly everyone or everybody's your friend yeah (laughs) and so apparently the cloud society once a month her and her uh, female companions uh, meet at the park uh, drink (laughs) and then tell each other what they think uh, the clouds look like Mm -hmm. Uh, one afternoon uh, oh this is a quote sorry one afternoon, I thought I saw Pat Sajak riding side saddle on a dolphin. That was Sophia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen something so specific in a cloud. I certainly have not. But then again, I have a very weak imagination. Well, I mean, just just a specific face yeah. is really <laughs> probably pretty hard to discern. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. say so. But maybe it looked like he was, um, I don't know, announcing to people who happened to be standing around a wheel. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Theoretically, he's side saddle, mm-hmm. so he would be facing her. So she just Maybe sees the like profile? the outline of his ears. Oh, okay. You know. Do you think that Pat Sajak has distinct ears? <laughs> no, I'm saying that he, he must to her. Oh, okay. Because, again, there's no profile. Because right. he's side saddle, so he'd be facing her. He, I guess he could be side saddle, but still facing forward, couldn't he? How yeah. is that possible? Well, like you're sitting side saddle, but and your head is turned to the right. Don't you need to look where the horse, or in this case, how, dolphin, how is going? How would she know he's side saddle, then? She, he could, she could see both of his legs hanging in front of him. Oh, <laughs> I like to think that maybe the 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 shadows and the clouds gave some kind of facial feature. Yeah, it could be. Um, I don't know. Pat Sajak is. Uh, I don't know. A, I don't think he's that distinctive a human being. <laughs> no, but he's not. I did like the fact though that here we have an episode thirty plus years old, and Pat Sajak still still going strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty impressive run. I am. Um, so two quick facts about Pat Sajak. Number one, served in Vietnam. Wow. So thank you for your service, Pat. So he was um, like, obviously he wasn't him, but like the Good Morning Vietnam movie with Robin Williams, mm-hmm. that's what he was. He was a DJ oh, over okay. there. That makes so, sense. Yeah. So, and the second thing is um, when I was younger, I spent social time with a young lady and that was all she wanted to do was to get on the Wheel of Fortune. And so like I'm talking to her about this and she was like yeah you know i auditioned for you know teen week and then mother daughter week wow. and then also um uh, college week she is she real good at word games in general or well here's the thing okay <laughs> so like i i go to pick her up one time and and they're watching the wheel and i was like oh well that checks out right you know or whatever and then like i forget uh, it's been 25 years or whatever, so I forget what the puzzle was, but it was just painfully obvious to me what the correct answer was. Um, it was like, not, it wasn't like wheel of cheese or something, but it was <laughs> right. something painfully obvious. It's like, why aren't you just guessing the S? Because right. that's the only thing missing. And they're yelling out every letter under the sun. <laughs> and um, and then finally, like somebody on the TV, yes, is like S or whatever. And then, like, her and her mom get sad. They're like, oh, yeah, that's right. It was Wheel of Cheese. And then they fast forward through a damn commercial. And I was like, you've seen this one before? And yet you still can't guess. Like, it was just the most mind-boggling thing. And, I mean, no wonder you're not passing the auditions. You're horrible at this game. Yeah. yeah you think that you should be able to you know, do the, the relatively simple, obvious ones exactly. in general. But especially if it's your second time through. That's going to be like uh, Bill Murray on Groundhog Day easy. Yeah, I would think so like you should be able just to see that you know it's got what 15 letters or whatever wheel of cheese Um, so i will say you know um that was not the deciding factor in me to stop spending social time with her um it was the fact that her favorite album of all time all time if she could listen to any album the one that she would listen to was the freaking soundtrack to that TV show, Dinosaurs. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm the baby, gotta love me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not the mama. Exactly. <laughs> I, 
So how's that got a soundtrack DVD or video anyway? It's just a CD that they just issued a soundtrack to. I guess. <laughs> now, by chance, when you were spending time with this young lady, were you volunteering in a nursing home or something? Because <laughs> uh, the way you're describing her, yeah. I mean, I consider you to be a pretty intelligent person in general yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. And this woman sounds... The opposite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess I was 18 at the time. Whatever. Well, I mean, if you're 18, I can. Yeah, so. Fair enough. Um, so where were we? Uh, Sophia has knitted oh. her bottle cover she for was Sherry. Yeah, she was talking about uh, Pat Sajak's side saddle on the dolphin. So uh, the girls decide. Pat Sajak reverse cowgirling. <laughs> 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 they don't say the dolphin is uh, right side up or upside down no that's true yeah now you could have been making sweet dolphin love <laughs> queen of the rodeo mm-hmm. uh, the girls decide to get some food from the kitchen so they're going to, i think they're going to get some salad or something uh rose decides that uh she's going to kind of dance her way to the uh or out of the room <laughs> blanche i think tells her to knock it off like yeah. she's showing off or something and then uh take it, and she's always talking about how uh she's always wanted to learn how to tap dance and uh, she tends to get a little bit overly excited about su- such things. And then she reminisces about uh, when she was younger, uh, getting excited about her pet cat and petting it too hard. It felt like there was going to be more to that story. Uh, <laughs> but it was just a real quick, just like, yeah, I used to pet my cat. My Yeah. And nothing negative towards the cat, like, oh, I rubbed his hair off or anything. It was just. Right. So, yeah, I just petted him too hard. Um, yeah. Well, Blanche and uh, Dorothy definitely gave her kind of a side glance, like, uh. Mm-hmm. Poor cat. Yeah. <laughs> and then the girls kind of sit down at the table, uh, and Dorothy starts to sit, and she kind of yelps out in pain. Blanche says that she doesn't like seeing her uh, suffer. And then Rose again, of course, adds that her father said the same thing to their horse, Toby, when it broke its leg uh, before shooting it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's one of the weirdest things about horses to me, that basically if they break a leg, there's almost no other option. So, mm-hmm. well, do Go ahead. No, you can be first. I was going to follow. Dorothy uh, kind of says at that point, your family was awfully tough on pets, weren't they, Rose? Yeah. <laughs> I think the toughest part was that they named it Toby. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just a horrible name for a horse. I don't know. I guess it depends on what the horse looked like. Um, I think if it looked kind of like sad and, you know, had, uh, you know, balding a little bit like Toby from the yeah. office, yeah. I could see it. <laughs> you know, but if it was a, a proud steed, then, yeah, that definitely wouldn't be an appropriate name yeah. for it. Yeah. What, what would you name a horse if you had one? Um, I don't know. Um, Sir Gallopad? <laughs> Put me on the spot. Well, I don't know. I just figured you have strong, strong opinions on horse names, so you must have a few picked out already. Just like you said, something noble. Oh, you okay. know, not Toby. Yeah. You know, Toby's a mule name. <laughs> <laughs> not even a donkey. Oh, like it's a, or do you put the yeah. don- the mule above the donkey? Uh, they're uh, neck and neck, pretty much. Donkey above mule. Okay. Because donkey carried Jesus. Oh, fair enough. Now, wouldn't that put the donkey above the horse then? Or do you feel like that the overall you know, history of the horse trumps the donkey and Jesus? Because yeah, the horse carried Clint Eastwood. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> yeah, our modern day Jesus. <laughs> exactly. There so. you go. Anyways. I mean, so. the, the horses traditionally have... You know, a, a grander tradition yeah. of carrying folks. Right, that's true. That's true. Unless you're the Grand Canyon, and then that's grand as well, mm-hmm. but for a different reason. And mules. I think they use mules in the Grand oh, Canyon. Oh, you're probably right. You're probably right. <laughs> now, which one is sterile? Is it the mule or the? I think it is the mule. Yeah, I don't think mules. It's like a donkey and a horse made it, right? Right. So really, mm-hmm. I did not know this. Yeah. So a mule is the the bastard child of a donkey and a. Horse. Yeah. Yep. I believe so. I don't think it can have babies. Right. I don't believe so either. Well, that doesn't make any sense to me. I guess they just keep breeding those two animals together and make more of them. So there's no, there's not a second generation mule. I, I believe that I've heard that they are sterile also, um, but I'm not gonna, you know, swear on a Bible or anything about it. But, but yeah, I believe that's the case. Google knows. Yeah. You can find yeah. out later. Oh, I'll look that up. But that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Hmm. I just assumed that like there were like mule family trees, but 
Well, I, I don't know. Either we're right, and it's an interesting fact, or we're wrong. We've just talked stupidly, but either way, <laughs> at least we filled up another minute of this podcast. I'd like the record to reflect that I did not take a position. Right, that's <laughs> that's, that's fair. So, and Ski was the one who brought it up, so I would like to, you know, say that I only co-signed. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I will own the uh, stupidity if I'm wrong. <laughs> but so, you also get to own the um, Rose and her family are over there shooting horses, you know. Uh, the girls again insist that uh, she go get her foot checked out by the doctor, and she kind of reluctantly agrees. Uh, I think for for the show, right? The show. <laughs> and then the girls start eating. Uh, we kind of have a scene change. We find uh, Rose and Blanche now tap dancing in the living room. Uh, they got the carpet rolled back, and the furniture all moved away from the center of the room. And like the geography of that house has always been odd, mm-hmm. but the fact that they have like a 300 square foot living room, yeah, <laughs> it's just horrendously odd. Yeah, yeah, that is a pretty massive living room in there. Um, yeah, which I guess makes sense considering they don't have any other living spaces aside from you know bedrooms and Four kitchen. Four bedrooms, and yeah. <laughs> so they don't have like a the lanai. Yeah, well, the lanai, <laughs> but maybe they don't have like a I don't know how some places have a living room and a family room and. You know, or an office or things like that. And as far yeah. as we know, they just have the four bedrooms plus the giant living room and yeah. kitchen, of course. And so, okay. so I don't know. I guess it checks out. So Sophia enters while they're uh, finishing up the routine. I think she has a little quip about, I'm not going to dance, don't ask me. Yeah. Now, look, so that's the routine where they're like, they wait for Dorothy solo? Yes. yes. I think so. Oh, yeah, I can kind of expound on that. So, like the girls in this uh, routine all have their like their own little solo, mm-hmm. and then because Dorothy is not with them right at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, Rose does hers, and then she says Blanche, and then Blanche like Dorothy, and then they just wait. <laughs> and then Rose says this, "Go, Dorothy, go!" Right, yeah. <laughs> biggest kick out of. Yeah, I did enjoy that aspect of it, um, and that was funny though. I didn't realize her part was so long or something <laughs> of that nature. Yeah. Which is really odd because they had just said that Dorothy's the one with two left feet. So right. I think they'd have given her the shortest yeah. solo. <laughs> yeah, not, not the length of their two combined exactly. plus some. Uh, so then, ju- <clears throat> excuse me, just then Dorothy also arrives. She's coming in the front door walking with a cane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at, the first, at first she claims that it's not too serious and that she just needs to take it easy for a few days. Uh, Sophia, though, can tell that she's lying and insists on the truth. Uh, Dorothy then confesses that the doctor told her she needs surgery to remove a small tumor in her foot. Uh, it's a condition called Morton's neuroma. Apparently, she's likely had that condition for tw- the last 20 years. And then she explains that it's a very simple medical procedure, just one night in a hospital, mm-hmm. uh, but then continues to say that she will also not be getting that surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's surprising, you know, because she goes into this point, how, like her fear of doctors and, and hospitals in general and all that. Uh, I don't know, Dorothy seems like a more rational person than that to me. Um, it's kind of surprising that, mm-hmm. you know, she definitely is, uh, I would say, out of the, the three, you know, maybe even out of the four, probably the most uh, down-to-earth and rational of the bunch. So it's surprising that she has such an irrational fear well, of doctors. And then we later find out she's got a phobia of it. So oh, I that's think right, that is, yeah. I mean, I think a phobia is an irrational fear or something. Yeah, that's true. Something. And she does have a reason for it, I suppose, so... So you're saying her irrational fear is rational? Uh, it's, it's irrational, it's, it's but not based rational, on but it's explainable. Explainable, yeah. Yeah, that's a good understandable, way to say it. perhaps. But yeah. All right. So the girls they then try to convince her. You know, she's got she's being foolish uh, for not having the operation, and you know, remind her about the quick benefit she's she would get from uh, getting the procedure done. Dorothy protests that she doesn't like doctors and hospitals, and uh, brings up all the negative you know aspects that surround them. She. She says to uh, Rose, what about the blood? What about death? What about the 90s that don't close up in the back? <laughs> yeah. And I like that, like, in her face, the, the 90s that don't close up in the back, which I thought that she called them 90s was a little weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, also, she seemed the most distressed about that in her face. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can see the real fear. Uh, the girls continue to, you know, attempt to talk some sense into her. But then uh, finally, Sophia comes into the conversation and guilts Dorothy into... Uh, going through with it she starts reciting a list of motherly concerns that Dorothy has clearly heard many times before mm-hmm. because she starts to kind of parrot the same words along with her mm-hmm. uh, and then Dorothy says you win you always win but you don't play fair and Sophie responds that's why I always win yeah I, I like that line a lot too that was that was yeah. my favorite actually I yeah I think I think bolded. I agree with you there the oddest part about that entire exchange for me 
was the fact that basically Sophia was saying, you know, I'm a mother. You don't know what it's like. Yes. Meanwhile, Dorothy herself has two kids. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. I was going to bring that up, too. You beat me to it. Sorry. But no, no, it's perfect. I was like, it's not just me, right? She, yeah. yeah. And she, she later gives her the same kind of lecture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to say, you know, you don't even know what it's like. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, she does. Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's a mom a few times over. Well, maybe she was a much less attentive mom than Sophia was, so she doesn't know what it's like to give a shit about her kids. <laughs> maybe true. <laughs> I like to think that's the way it goes. I think Dorothy was as good of a mom. I, 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 I think you can make the argument maybe possibly that Dorothy was a better mom than Sophia. I think you can make the argument that Dorothy loves 100% of her kids, while Sophia only loves 67%. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely a fair assessment from at least everything we've heard. Not that Sophia doesn't love Phil, Mm -hmm. but she definitely doesn't seem to like Phil. Um, And we haven't had any indication that Dorothy has those types of feelings for either of her kids. But you know what? Maybe she would have had a third kid, then that would have been the odd one out. Exactly. Could have been her Phil. Who knows? Exactly. (laughs) Maybe she has a third. She never talks about. Right, yeah. Maybe she's such a bad mother. Complete disavow. Yeah, exactly. That episode where Maude got the abortion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we have another scene change, and we see uh, now all the girls are in Dorothy's hospital room. Dorothy's in her uh, hospital bed. In her nighty. In her nighty, yes. Mm -hmm. It it is actually like her own nightgown, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It looks like one she brought from home, so. Keep her hiney covered. Yeah. 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 Damn hiney. (laughs) (laughs) Dorothy's in her bed. Blanche is talking about how nice the room looks. Uh, Rose is kind of droning on about how uh, all the people she imagines never left this room. Yeah, That was a weird... I wish she would have phrased it differently. I mean, granted, I guess she phrased it that way, you know, so that then Dorothy could come in with her. Where do they hide him in the closet or something yeah. like that? But it just... The phrase didn't make sense to me. It would just have made a lot more sense. I think if she would have said, like, you know, all the people who have died in this room... Yeah. And then Dorothy could have had a, an equally funny response yeah. to that. And well, then, yeah, Sophie little... even says she's talking about the girl, the people who died yeah. or croaked mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two things. Um, number one, I don't know. I guess it's just aspirational, but I like the fact that nobody cares how much this is going to cost. Yeah. You know, it's like nobody's <laughs> worried about co-payments or anything like that. It's more whether or not they want to have it from just a, you know, bravery perspective, not a, oh my God, this is going to cost a arm and a leg. Right, yeah, and they're not at like Medicaid age or anything like that, so this is coming out of their private insurance, assumably, and Mm -hmm. I don't know how good private insurance is for a substitute (laughs) teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other thing I was going to... You don't think she still piggybacks on Stan's insurance, do you? Oh, I would, I'd be very surprised. Well, Stan doesn't (laughs) seem to work, at least not a a standard job. He's self-employed, so... That's right, yeah. Um, and then uh, what else was there? Something else we can certainly come back to it if you're uh, if it comes back to you later on. Sorry that we sidetracked you, or we can also just cut this whole part out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll have to see how witty the banter (laughs) is in this part. (laughs) 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 Wow! (laughs) So, yeah, they're all in the room, and Sophia's even at the base of the bed, kind of eating grapes, it looks like, out of a Mm -hmm. a little fruit basket that. Mm was brought to the room. Do you think that fruit basket was like provided by the hospital or do they just say any patient that comes in, like that's the service Didn't you got really back in the eighties? doesn't specify anything about it. She's mm. just munching away on it. Yeah. I, I can see the girls getting it for her though, to yeah. kind of brighten up the room, mm-hmm. just give her something to snack on. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. in lieu of, uh, or in light of how nervous she was to be there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I remember. Why is she there? What? Why is who there? Is it like, oh, it's a simple procedure. It only requires me to stay overnight one night. Like, why is the overnight night the night before the procedure <laughs> yeah. instead of the night after the procedure? <laughs> yeah, you think the only thing that makes sense would be if it's something where it's like, well, we have real strict eating guidelines or we have to monitor you for a night, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that all of your vitals and. But I mean, assumably for the foot, again, it wouldn't require any uh-huh. observation prior exactly. to the surgery. Um, well, we. we she does, uh, don't want to give away too much to the listeners, but she does leave the hospital. It's possible that she was going to have the surgery that night, but then screwed up their schedule when she left. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't really talk about it, but they don't say either way. Yeah, that's true. So it's a possibility. I think the hospital didn't even really need her to stay the no, night, and they just wanted the money. Yeah, that's that's she specifically says when the priest comes in that she's going in the morning. Oh, that's oh, right. right. Yeah. 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 So, I'm sorry, I'm sidetracking. No, but you're right. It's it's an accurate observation. So, 
See, we'll figure out this puzzle, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Sophia's eating the fruit. Everybody else is kind of standing around. Rose talking about the dead people. And then we kind of see uh, Dorothy says she doesn't need to hear that kind of talk prior to the surgery. Uh, Sophia then compares how good she's got it by detailing uh, how she had her appendix removed mm-hmm. back in Sicily in a time where they didn't believe in anesthesia. Right, just a pillow over the face that you had to buy, pay extra for. Yeah, this is actually another one of my favorite lines. This is... They had, a, they had a nurse hold a pillow over your face so the other patients couldn't hear your screams. You had to pay extra for that. <laughs> Why would you need to pay extra for that? Why would you care if the other patients heard I your don't screams? Know. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like the other patients would have to pay extra for your pillow so they didn't have to hear your screams. I don't know, I don't know the way things work in Sicily, though. So yep. She later says, love it or leave it or something, right? right. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sicily with their socialized medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what happens, Brent, when you have socialized medicine is all you get is a pillow to the face. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so the nurse comes in and announces that, you know, visiting hours are over and that everyone needs to leave. Uh, Dorothy kind of starts to get up and try to join the girls, but the nurse corrects her statement and tells her, you know, hey, lay back down. You know, she says, uh, she's, uh, Dorothy says her goodbyes to everybody and then kind of at the end holds on to Rose's uh, hand specifically tightly as she tries to kind of, Yank her hand away. Uh, right after the girl's exit, a uh, doctor enters, Dr. Ravel, and explains that uh, he will be performing the uh, procedure and uh, that her normal doctor, Dr. Ashton, actually will be appearing in court regarding a malpractice suit. Yeah, I like that he said, if I could even be half the doctor that he yes. is. <laughs> Dr. Ravel goes on to uh, see, say that he was, he wishes he was half the doctor he was. And he also mentions that a few details about the, the impending suit that he immediately realizes he should not have. He says, mix-up? I didn't say mix-up. And he kind of looks around and says, and there's no one here to prove that I did. Now, this is a, just a complete side note here, but Sherry and I, when we went on our honeymoon, this would have been 19 years ago at this point, we actually saw that actor in the airport in Germany. Because um, we went... Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was because uh, I was like, oh, I know that guy. Cause, now, he's... You know, we'll talk about this nearer to the end of the episode, but he's a prolific um, Star Trek actor. Yeah, yeah. Star, another guest actor. I remember him as, as a doctor. The <laughs> coach from um, from Wonder Years is where I had my strongest oh, I memories. I forgot of about him. that. Yeah, yeah, I and so because I love the Wonder Years, I was not big into Star Trek, but at least not the ones that he was on, um, the iterations that he was in. And so, uh, yeah, but I, I have a saw him from I don't know maybe thirty feet away in the airport, and it, it was very distinctly him. He has a pretty uh, I don't know, distinct look to look about him. Interesting. One of his favorite, or my favorite lines, uh, he was, I used to watch Star Trek a decent amount, but uh, he was uh, hosting some special about Star Trek, like the making of or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the listeners, uh, Robert Picardo is his name, right? <laughs> yeah. He's a bald man. Right. And in the, this episode, he's actually got a little bit of hair left, but in the mm-hmm. when he's later in Star Trek, he's very bald. Uh, but his line was, "If Picard can go, can baldly go, why can't Picardo?" <laughs> so I thought that was clever. Yeah, that is a clever one. They had a lot of very uh, prolific guest actors in this episode. We'll cover that near the end, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was a uh, chock full of them. It does seem like it's the biggest cast in episode. Like, as far as like cast with lines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like seven people speaking in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about right. He then asked Dorothy to, uh, you know, after he, you know, just talked about the malpractice suit, even kind of downplays his own uh, skill set. He then asked Dorothy to go ahead and sign some uh, liability release forms in the unlikely event of her death. Mm-hmm. Clearly confused as to how that would be possible, you know, based on the fact that it was a foot surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and he assures her, oh, it can happen. Just ask that Dr. Ashton. <laughs> Seems like she should be feeling lucky that Dr. Ashton isn't going to be there. He doesn't sound like the greatest doctor. But she's traded down. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way he's a doctor, maybe he's just a doctor with poor self-esteem. He's you know? humble, yeah. yeah. So perhaps he's, yeah. I mean, he's not the one in court, so mm-hmm. you know, maybe he's twice the doctor that he is, it's that uh, Dr. Well, Ashton Well, he is. Uh, does mention he has to go to court, so I'm assuming he has to testify either on Dr. Ashton's behalf or maybe against him. <laughs> well, I assume since he's being so tight-lipped about things that it would be on Dr. Ashton's behalf to you know, help out the hospital and his mentor. <laughs> At this point, Dorothy says you know, the procedure's a bad idea and that uh, you know, he tries to kind of then reassure her that you know, she'll be fine. Um, then he says he's going to leave the forms there for her to review overnight. 
starts walking toward the door, and one last time she insists that he uh, she wants more details about the quote-unquote mix-up, but he simply says that he doesn't know what she's talking about and then exits. Seconds later, Dorothy you know, kind of closes her eyes and starts uh, trying to get some rest, gets relaxed, and then you see a priest enter the room, uh, and he comes over to her bed, sprinkles some, I think, holy water on her face, and then begins to... I'm assuming so. I mean, what were the other contenders? <laughs> Well, I guess we don't know that it was blessed. <laughs> he could have just been trying to see if she was awake by spritzing her a little bit. So. Evil water. He said last rites, but he didn't say for, you know, mm-hmm. what God. <laughs> Where he was sending her. <laughs> That's right. He sprinkles what I think is holy water on her and begins to administer the last rites to her, uh, mistaking her for Mr. Ferguson from room 203. Uh, Dorothy, of course, corrects him, saying that she is clearly not Mr. Ferguson, and that uh, this is actually room 303. Mm-hmm. Uh, embarrassed, he offers to perform the last rites anyway. Yeah. And uh, she declines. But uh, the priest asks if she's had her uh, operation already, and she says no. So he says, yeah, you know, just to be, just in case I'll loop around next uh, afternoon. <laughs> now, did this uh, make you mad, Ski? Because uh, Ski's uh, grandmother recently passed away. And a priest refused to do last rites for her because she wasn't an active member of her parish or something. Actually, that is offensive to me, that a priest wouldn't come. Well, yeah, but I mean. Regardless of your faith. Were you like, why couldn't this priest be the one that was dealing with my my grandmother? Well, he's probably He's just throwing last rites around to anybody and everybody. This was so many years ago, Alan. Yeah, that's true. He's probably out of the faith by now. I'm sure he's definitely (laughs) dead by now. But (laughs) looked uh, like an old man then, you know? Yeah, he he was old 30 years ago. I think he was dead 20 years ago, so. (laughs) Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, he says he'll swing back around next week or next uh, afternoon. Uh, with that last daunting thought, uh, Dorothy kind of throws off the sheets, throws on her coats, and you can see she's kind of limping out uh, toward the door. And then we have uh, another scene change. We find Blanche in her room, kind of spritzing perfume on herself, or what I assume is perfume. <laughs> <laughs> she's facing towards her little makeup mirror. And she sees uh, Dorothy's reflection, but from behind her, and she's staying outside. Blanche gets up, and she kind of demands that she come inside, and that's why she's there. Uh, Dorothy explains that uh, she left the hospital and uh, went to a coffee shop at a bus station. And uh, after being harassed by a harassed by a toothless wino that claimed to be Elvis, uh, she uh, went ahead and came home. Just then, Rose busts in and tells Blanche to call the cops because she'd seen a Big ugly man with a limp walking past her bedroom window, and it, it looked like he was wearing Dorothy's coat. <laughs> yeah, now listen, I know Dorothy's a, a stately woman, um, very tall and whatnot. But I love that you call her stately. But that's, that's twice in this episode she's mistaken for a man. I think that's yeah. a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was no woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dorothy gets shit on left and right in this episode. She honestly, she just takes it uh, from all angles. But yeah. Um, <laughs> And I always feel bad for B. Arthur at times, like that she does have to take that kind of abuse about her appearance, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you know, she she was really attractive um, as a younger woman, in my opinion. And, and really, I mean, you know, she was a handsome woman. She, I don't think she was ever ugly, but mm-hmm. she was just being as tall as she was, especially with, you know, mm-hmm. Sophia being her mom. Yeah. <laughs> that, that accentuates how, uh, <laughs> you know, how tall she is. Um, Kind of a minute bowl, uh, Spud Web Spud type Web of a dynamic combo, yeah. yeah. Spud Web's a name I've not heard of in a long time. Not heard minute bowl either, but yeah. Well, minute bowl died other, a while right? back, and I'm oh. sure Spud Web is still alive, but um, but yeah, it's been probably 15 to 20 years before either of them played professionally, so oh, yeah, it's gotcha. been a while. One of my greatest. Regrets is such a stupid thing, but luckily I guess I don't have big regrets that uh, <laughs> that I'm too burdened with. Mm-hmm. But I we always loved Manute Bowl when I was uh, mm-hmm. you know younger. I don't know just because he he was so long, and there was this one game he hit like six Looks three so pointers. Gangly. Yeah, just, and um, he looked like you could like blow him over, and just like yeah, I mean he looked like the rubber guy from um, from Street Fighter, and and we just always enjoyed Manute Bowl from like outside car dealerships, right? Yeah, like <laughs> waving his arms around to, <laughs> to, to attract customers. But one time he like as a promotion went to an Indiana in, noodle man. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Man. <laughs> so, but he went to an Indianapolis ice game. Um, it was like the amateur or semi-pro hockey team in town. And it was this thing where he's supposed to be like the tallest hockey player of all time. Mm-hmm. And 
I think he had trouble even getting out into the ice just because he's so yeah. tall and skates yeah. are a pain to deal with anyway. Yeah. And uh, But then, you know, of course, it was for charity, and he signed autographs. But I didn't know about it till literally the day after it had happened. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I could have had my picture with Manute Bowl, one of my favorite <laughs> NBA players. Yeah. And, a lot of ice skates. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know if he wore the ice skates for the picture, but um, but <laughs> either way. taller, right? Yeah. And it wasn't too many years after that that he uh, passed away. So, so one of my – there's three celebrities that I really wish I would have gotten a picture with when I had a chance. Him, Adam West, and Stan Lee. Um, nice. So, yeah. I don't know if there's any other old celebrities at this point that I even care about. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, Adam West would have been nice to have my picture taken with. As far as athletes mm-hmm. that I'd like to get my picture taken with um, that are still alive, I guess there's only two living athletes. Okay, let me guess one. I'm going to guess one is Larry Bird. Correct. Okay, because um, you incorrectly... Uh, attribute him as being the greatest basketball player of all time. Not only that, but also he was the athlete of the century. Oh, okay. For so, the previous century. So wrong in multiple ways. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and who would, who would be number two? Razor shines. Razor shines. Oh, now, yeah. that's attainable. Um, yeah. I, I'd have to guess that you could get a razor shines uh, autograph and picture for 20 bucks at a convention somewhere. I literally brought him up just the other day, believe it or not. Nice. Me and a friend uh, at work, he's an older gentleman. We were talking about uh, Old Bush Stadium. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking about the glory days when we get free tickets for just going to the freaking grocery store. Or, yeah, yeah. And, uh, or fill up your gas tank, get some tickets to the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah by far the most recognizable name for anybody in our, uh, as Indians, Indianapolis Indians yeah. names out of any player. I, I, I can't name a single other player that played for the Indians mm-hmm. um, during our, <laughs> our well, ever period yeah. um, besides Razor Shine. So, so. Yeah. Well, he, he's... Like, I want to say he's in his 70s now. He knew several, in like, former Indians. And I was just like, I don't know any of those names. <laughs> yeah. But well, I definitely co-sign on you for uh, for that one also. Okay, sweet. Uh, run forward me my royalties, and maybe I can afford that $20. <laughs> yeah, maybe by episode 18, we'll have built up enough royalties <laughs> for you to. Exactly. For well, That'd be 60 bucks in total we'd need to have raised by then. You guys are getting yours, too? What, our autograph with Razor yeah. Shines? Oh, uh, what, did you just think you get 100% of the royalties so you can get that autograph? I thought it was my make-a-wish. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're dying, then we really need to step up the pace <laughs> of these episodes. As we establish in episode four, I'm giving up a kidney someday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's true. I mean, it's it's not if, it's when. <laughs> exactly. Is it just one or is it both? Need to know. <laughs> one beach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, honey, boo-boo. <laughs> I don't know. That's the that's a terrible nickname for <laughs> <laughs> for a kidney. No, well, oh. <laughs> so, so are they? Is do you have one kidney named Honey Boo Boo, or is honey one honey? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then I, I, I retract it. It's a fantastic nickname <laughs> for your kidneys. <laughs> so, anyways. So yeah. So uh, Rose, you know, says, and she's got this tall, ugly man walking by her bedroom window, and she immediately uh, sees that uh, Dorothy is uh, sitting there and uh, backpedals in an attempt to detract the insult. And she says, of course, it was dark, and I intend to over, mm-hmm. uh, over-dramatize. Mm-hmm. Dorothy then tells him how she got overly nervous following the doctor's, you know, careless explanation of the possible complications. Uh, the girls again try to calm her fears. Rose, however, then talks again about, well, again, being like she didn't help the situation. She talks about uh, one summer as a candy striper and then then goes into a list of all the unfortunate mistakes made by the hospital. Right. (laughs) Dorothy responds, Rose, do a big ugly man with a limp a favor (laughs) and shut up. (laughs) I like that line. Yeah. So she owned it right there. She did. Uh, Blanche starts to tell a story then about her own fear of flying, how, you know, because of that she's missed out on several things in life. Uh, Dorothy interrupts her, though, and kind of assumes the rest of the story going into, uh, of course, with the end that uh, Blanche, you know, has a love affair with a handsome pilot and uh, is cured of her fear. And uh, Blanche corrects her and says, no, that wasn't the case at all, and that she's never actually gotten over that fear, but uh, now has new hope, thanks to Dorothy. (laughs) The girls kind of keep nagging her to get the surgery and tell her that, you know, there, she says there's just no way. At that point, Sophia enters in, having heard Dorothy's voice. We find out that uh, Dorothy's hospital phobia stems from having her tonsils removed when she was five, 
and she was left alone overnight or something. Yeah, and that the uh, the father never came, you know, throughout the entire night, which you would think. But granted, I guess they didn't have maybe family that lived in the area, but maybe. I will say that if it was me in that circumstance, if I had to work and one of my kids is in the hospital, even if I had moved someplace else, I would do anything I could to find somebody else to at least come and stay with the kid instead oh, of leaving yeah. a young kid in the hospital. That's scary. Yeah. Right. I mean, granted, if someone Five has like a old. chronic illness and they're used to, you know, unfortunately have, have already grown used to some of that. That's one thing, but first timer. Yeah. I would definitely do whatever I <laughs> could to <laughs> make sure that there'd be somebody in there with her. But. Yeah. We, we find out that Sophia is a, was attending the uncle Mario's funeral. I think she said it was in Cleveland. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently he was a man that nobody liked, including uh, uh, Dorothy's or Sophia's, Dad, or Dad. her husband, yeah, Sophia's husband. husband. Yeah, Dorothy's she goes dad. on to, to mention 23 stab wounds during the block party, and nobody saw a thing. Right. So <laughs> no one stood up for uh, Uncle Mario. Uh, Dorothy's father, or she called him Pop, had to work like we were just talking about, uh, of course, to help pay for the procedure. Uh, but uh, Sophia says, you know, it's time to kind of get over her past fears, get herself back to the hospital, but Dorothy flatly refuses that. So then Sophia replies with, the idea that they go ahead and perform the uh, procedure there at the house. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dorothy kind of points out the uh, insanity of it all. She says, or uh, Sophia had said, Blanche, go get some hot water and uh, a pillow, <laughs> which I love she threw in the pillow again. Yeah. Rose, sharpen my Ginsu knife. Didn't Dorothy pick out a shoe you would like to bite on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole part was kind of ridiculous, though. I mean, it, it's such a nonsensical thing that she's saying. And then the fact that, like, Dorothy, I, you know, granted, Dorothy calls her out on it to an extent. And she's like, oh, it's just it's no more crazy than you not going to the doctor. But at the same time, it was, there was no part of it that you would take it even a little bit seriously. I, I didn't care for that entire exchange, honestly. <laughs> um, I feel like there was a better way she could convince Dorothy to go, but, or at least a more realistic way. I concur. So, yeah, Dorothy you know, says, you know, that's ridiculous. And then she said, I'm just acting as stupid as you are. Dorothy then again relents and says to her mom that she'll she'll mm-hmm. go and brings out or points out how good she is at persuasion, and Sophia agrees and says I'm the best. Mm-hmm. We have a scene change and we find uh, Dorothy is now being wheeled into the hospital room by a nurse. Mm-hmm. Another lady is uh, stretching in the adjacent bed, mm-hmm. and that's her new roommate Bonnie, mm-hmm. played by Anne Haney. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nurse explains that she'll be uh, prepped for surgery in about an hour and to go ahead and relax. I think Dorothy says something like, there aren't enough drugs in the entire hospital or something. <laughs> right. Uh, the nurse uh, then leaves, and Dorothy starts chatting with Bonnie, who explains that she's got surgery the following day, which is a repeat procedure. And Dorothy asks, don't they get it right around here the first time? Mm-hmm. But then Bonnie goes on to explain that you know she had a mastectomy uh, three years prior and now has to get a second. Uh, smilingly, she actually admits that she is petrified, but knows what to expect at this round, and uh, recognize that you know having the surgery is better than the uh, alternatives. Mm-hmm. Right, and that she when she just thinks about the three years that she got to have, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. she had the first surgery and that helps her three. So, mm-hmm. and she then provides a few details about her previous procedure, about how she you know cried from fear at first, and then cried because of the extreme pain after mm-hmm. the operation, but was grateful not to have missed the last three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy quietly listens and then kind of turns her head. Uh, Bonnie asks Dorothy if she's all right, and Dorothy, just realizing how minor her condition is by comparison, answers that she just feels like a fool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a little pep talk, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like she was the one who finally turned Dorothy around on the hospital situation. So. And then we get another scene change. At this point, uh, we see Rose rushing into the kitchen where mm-hmm. uh, Blanche is sitting, and she tells her that she's found her shoes under Sophia's mattress. <laughs> Blanche responds kind of with a cringy face, I didn't think you'd find them that fast. Right. Uh, realizing that something is up, Rose asks, you know, what's going on, Blanche? Uh, and she claims that her, her foot hurts, and she wants to caught what Dorothy had. <laughs> and then, you know, Rose dismisses that possibility, saying it must be, and then she says it must be sympathy pains, and that they shouldn't be at the, they should be at the hospital with their friend, not going uh, to go tap dancing. All right. And then Rose dismisses that, too, reminding her that uh, Sophia is there and Dorothy is out of, opera- uh, out of surgery and is doing fine. Uh, Blanche then confesses ultimately that she's terrified of performing in front of groups and then goes on to tell the story about when she was when she was five. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish she would have said you know, I 
groups bigger than three or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, once again, not granted, you know, there's many strengths of the Golden Girls uh, as as a program. Continuity is definitely its yeah. biggest weakness <laughs> because literally like a handful of episodes ago, she was fighting to be the lead in a play. Apparently yeah. her fear of performing in front of an audience uh, wasn't there then, um, but uh, it reared its ugly head a few episodes later. Well, she's been practicing for this for weeks, so oh, yeah. maybe it's only she, she only gets worried right up before perce- the, the, the play starts yeah. or the whatever yeah, show. Kind of like she wanted that leading role just kind of like to be uh, – just for the prestige of having been selected for it. To feel it. special, yeah, maybe? Yeah, you know, she would chicken out at the last minute. <laughs> and so, you know, she uh, tells the story about when she was five and she was taking tap dancing classes and says she was quite good and during practice and says, I was cute and I was good, real good. <laughs> However, when it came to uh, the actual performance at the recital, she says 13 girls were dressed up all cute, but only 12 girls started dancing when the, uh, the music started. The 13th wet her pants, and Blanche was that girl in the puddle. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy that story. I mean, that was my favorite <laughs> anecdote. There wasn't a lot of anecdotes in this episode. You know, Sophia had a couple, and, um, you know, Rose had that one about her cat. <laughs> but, and Toby. Uh, yeah, and Toby. But, yeah, I think this is my favorite anecdote of the episode for sure. And showing very little sympathy for her fears, uh, remote, Rose reminded her that they've been practicing for six weeks now, the costumes were paid for and that the people were expecting them and that, that they were going. Yeah. yeah, And this was my favorite. Uh, you know, now that I, I came back to this one, this was definitely my favorite ep- line of the episode. You want to uh, say it? Yeah, I'll say it if you don't mind. But uh, if you rose to Blanche, if you end up in a puddle tonight, <laughs> you better just uh, break into singing in the rain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a, that was I a, like that too. That well, was and it's funny because again, you know, probably uh, runner up for my favorite. Yeah. And one thing that granted, this wasn't a competition that they were, Part of at least I got the impression it's more a recital than a yeah. competition, but it does show Rose's intense side again, which I yeah. like that they have at least a little bit, a little bit of you know continuity in that regard. So. True, yeah, personality trait wise at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then she kind of grabs her by the wrist and drags her out the door. <laughs> right, and then uh, our last scene change, we see uh, Dorothy waking up, kind of groggy from mm-hmm. the surgery. She kind of turns to Sophia sitting mm-hmm. uh, in a chair next to her. Sophia explained that she had been sitting there all day ever since they uh, took her to surgery, not leaving for anything. Go to Cleveland. (laughs) Uh, Dorothy asked her to fluff her pillow for her, and Sophia fires back that she's not an orderly. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was an odd thing to put up a fight about. I mean, it's like literally the easiest thing that she could ask Sophia to do for her. Uh, And she said, I'm just there for moral support. uh, Right. She's not a fluffer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing they're not shooting a porn video right then you know side note on that i've heard that that's all fake anyway oh is it yeah i've I don't heard know. that's not a real job maybe it's not a real job now that porn is so prevalent though yeah it could maybe be back in the day it was a thing yeah yeah i don't know you're you're more uh well versed in this subject oh than very versed yes almost anyone else i know so. <laughs> So you think it was like a lack of union protection, and now they have Maybe, to do their own yeah. fluffing? <laughs> Says, hey, you know, if you can't perform, we'll find somebody else, buddy. Exactly. Yeah, in today's day and age, I think the unions in the porn industry have been thoroughly broken. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anybody with an iPhone can be a movie star. So. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's just <laughs> what? There's a scab joke there somewhere, but I can't figure it out. Oh. <laughs> What about crossing picket lines and whatnot? Exactly. <laughs> I like the, I like to think of the word scab in this context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah oh, there, I'm sure there's scab porn out there. Uh, uh-huh. There's there's something for every taste. Yeah. So. Gotta scratch that itch. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so then Dorothy, uh, you know, explains that she got some moral support earlier from her roommate, uh, Bonnie, who she looks over and now is gone. And Sophia, you know, explains that she'd just gone to get a sandwich from the cafeteria. Uh, Rose and Blanche then arrive and ask Dorothy how she feels. And then she says, you know, she's a little bit exhausted or disoriented rather. And, or no, sorry, Sophia answers, I'm exhausted. But then Dorothy tells them that she's a little disoriented with some minor discomfort. But overall, feels fine. And then she asks about how the recital went. And the girls explain that it went wonderfully. Mm-hmm. And that they've even been invited to perform next month at the... Uh, Sunset Charity Ball. Mm-hmm. And Dorothy is very excited because, you know, at that point she should be healed up and able to join them for the show. 
but then they kind of explain that they have uh, changed their group dynamic a bit, mm-hmm. and uh, their name is no longer the Tip Tap Trio, but it is now the uh, Two Merry the Two Merry Widows. Right. Yeah, that was probably the cruelest thing in the entire episode to Dorothy. Um, like, why at that point, why would that be the time you're going to tell her that she's out of the band? You know, I feel like you would at least <laughs> or, let her... Or they could at least bring her back. I mean, they could be two merry widows for this show, and then, you yeah. know, now she's, you know, back and walking fine afterwards, after yes. healing, rather. I mean, two merry widows and a divorcee. I mean, why not? You know, there's... I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's got a ring to it. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Dorothy is clearly upset <laughs> by the fact that they have, you know, outed her, uh, but uh, holds her tongue at this point. Then the girls kind of uh, pull the uh, curtain over, and then boom, they're in their uniform. They're not uniforms; they're costumes. And then they perform their little dance routine for her right there in the hospital room. Which, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking that is one spacious hospital room. Yeah, it is a spacious hospital room and a fairly mediocre. Um, tap routine it, it, it's good for people who've been doing it for six weeks i mean it's impressive yeah. and, I, and i'm sure both of them are probably you know well versed in in dance who knows uh, you know i know mm-hmm. back then especially you pretty much know how to do everything if you were in the mm-hmm. entertainment industry yeah. um, and, I, and i don't have any doubt that betty white you know knows all that stuff for sure mm-hmm. but uh the routine to me was not so impressive that i would be like oh we need to book those ladies for uh, an event quickly um, yeah before they get you know signed elsewhere right yeah exactly i, I don't think dorothy would have brought them so far down <laughs> that uh, <laughs> they should have kicked her out of the group yeah i just thought it was confusing you mean that they busted into the routine or just the routine itself well, I guess the routine, because, you know, Rose is like, hit it, Blanche, and then there's just a ragtime piano playing. <laughs> I have no idea why or where it's coming from. So. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I didn't think that I didn't see a radio or anything. <laughs> exactly. Back in the day, that radio would have to be huge, right? Yeah, so I'm not sure if Rue McClanahan was beatboxing that. <laughs> or what the deal was, but. Well, she's a lady of many talents, Brent. Yeah. So. It's just, I don't know. So then they do their uh, seemingly their entire routine in full right. costume mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dorothy looks on in anger. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then at the end tells them that was the most adorable dance I think I've ever seen mm-hmm. with a big old smile. Which is where they should have ended the episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Dorothy asks Rose if she can see her top hat and then promptly punches a hole right through it. Yeah, that's a really poorly made that thing. It was made of paper mache, it would appear, because Dorothy <laughs> didn't have to put any effort into busting her fist Not right through it. Not whatsoever, yeah. Just mean. Yeah. I know why they call her B author. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, and then we close. That's our... Uh, the, the fist through the hat is where we end. Yeah. Yeah, so that was... Uh, you know, I, I thought, like you said, I, I think they should have ended it Maybe with a little more sarcasm on her compliment, but just ended it there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, but yeah, this uh, this episode just you know to go over we we've already touched on one of the guest actors. There's actually four, so we had eight speaking characters mm-hmm. in this uh, particular episode because the nurse also. I forgot about the priest in my count. Oh, and the priest, yeah. So um, yeah, and, and all four of them were very mm-hmm. successful actors. I mean, they, there was a pretty impressive group as far as what they mm-hmm. went on. Obviously, you know, we talked about. Uh, you know, Robert Picardo a little bit, a lot of Star Trek, Wonder Years, and, and a billion, you know, Other guest things. roles. And, and he's still very active, too. I mean, extremely active, doing a lot of uh, a lot of roles, um, you know, to this day. And then we had, you know, Bonnie. She was uh, the the uh, mastectomy, you know, co-patient that Dorothy had. And mm-hmm. she had a, a ton of, 120 credits to her name, a ton wow. of guest roles. Um, and, and That's quite a bit. Yeah, like Mama's Family, Mr. Belvedere, New Yeah, I recognize her Benson. immediately. She also, this is a, she has a Tom Hanks uh, connection also with an appearance in Bosom Buddies. Um, nice. Yeah, I think everybody's favorite Tom Hanks vehicle. There you uh, go. So, yeah, and uh, nine episodes on George, which I didn't remember, but you know, I guess George Foreman had his own sitcom back in the day. And nice. she played Juanita, which I thought was an odd character for her to play. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. She, um, and I thought this was odd or just quirky or, I don't know, coincidental or whatever. But in 1981, she was in two different movies. Um, the Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia and Harper Valley PTA. And both of those movies were, you know, 
songs. <laughs> like they adapted those two songs into movies, <laughs> and she was in both of them. <laughs> that is interesting. And I guess she didn't even start acting until she was in her forties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like wow. after her husband had died, and I think her you know like, daughter had next? gone off to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. She's like, and they're like, "Well, do you wish you'd started sooner?" And she's like, "No, this is how I'm going to spend the last third of my life. You know, I've already had a good run." Like she had no regrets. Well, that's yeah. what this podcasting thing is for us, right? <laughs> We're going to spend our last third doing this and go ahead and retire from our. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So then we had those two, and then the nurse, um, Belinda Moreno, and she uh, has like fifty six credits to her name. But she had one hundred and twenty episodes on the George Lopez show as a character named Benny, as well as um, forty six oh. episodes on Perfect Strangers. Um, so okay. that's another. Yeah, she was Benny on that. Nice. Oh, did you, did you were you a fan of the George Lopez show? I, I saw it enough to know who Benny is. Oh, okay. Was. Um, well, I know you're a perfect, Frank, perfect Strangers fan, weren't you? Yeah, I don't remember her. I she was Lydia. She was in 46 episodes on that as well, so mm. pretty prolific there, too. Yeah. And then the priest, Bill Quinn, 224 episodes or uh, credits to his names. And, and again, practically everything from the 50s, 60s, 70s, early 60s, 70s, and 80s um, you know, he, he had on. And, of course, you know, he was on Star Trek V, Twilight Zone, the movie, The Birds, um, 86 episodes on Archie's wow. Place, which I watched a lot of uh, um, All, in the Family. All in the Family, yeah, but I don't remember watching more than an episode or two of Archie's Place, but apparently he must have been, you know, one of the main cast members on that as well. And I would imagine we probably all remember him best from his uh, 1973 TV movie, uh, Satan's School for Girls. Oh. <laughs> case, Juanita in that. Yeah. Well, he was the gardener. Um, and, See, um, wasn't necessarily well, holy water. Juanita Gardner. <laughs> and for the extremely unlikely event that you haven't seen that movie, it is a, a young woman <laughs> investigating her sister's suicide at a private girls' school finds herself uh, battling a satanic cult. So, cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's like as, Suspiria before Suspiria. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I as mean, we honestly, all do at some point in life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why, you know, I, I, I avoid all girls' schools in general because I know 50 50 chance Satanic Cult is going to be involved. <laughs> so Excuse the opposite. He just shows up at girls' schools like my sister here. She did. <laughs> well, he wasn't the, uh, the young woman <laughs> investigating. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but the gardener, perhaps, you know, he could have been the mastermind behind the whole cult as far mm-hmm. as we know. Yeah. But. Yeah, quite an impressive group of uh, of guest actors on this particular episode. I mean, I between them, you know, like five hundred credits or something uh, of that nature between the, the group of them. So, so yeah. So, Ski, who would be your uh, MVP for this particular episode? I, I would say for me, definitely Sophia, because she's the one that convinces her daughter at least <laughs> twice or three times <laughs> to uh, what I say. <laughs> Something funny? Uh, <laughs> I said Sophia, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. did. Sophia, because she was able to convince Dorothy to go to the hospital more than once. Okay. And she completely owned her. Hmm. Fair enough. And what about you, Brent? Rose. Rose. Definitely. Um, I thought she had, like, we had intense Rose. We had tap dancing Rose. We had, you know. Shooting, shooting horses Rose. Yeah. Anecdote Rose. Like, she had everything that she needed, you know. I thought it was just a nice showcase for Betty White. Mm. Now, see, I wasn't a big fan. Like, I thought the first tap dance routine, I was yeah. totally on board. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. The third one, I was like, oh, come on. Like, yeah, yeah I get it. They're, they're talented. Yeah. So that detracted a little bit from, um, from I, I guess, either. It really, the episode in a Just general too sense. much talent on display. Yeah, exactly. Just I was like, stop rubbing it. my nose in it. Almost um, like they're like, hey, guess what they can also do? Right. <laughs> Let's make an episode all about that. Well, yeah, because, I mean, that's a lot for a B story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Overall, you know, which I'll give my rating on the episode here in a moment, but I didn't love the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to give my MVP to Dorothy. And it's mainly because I just really enjoyed her face the entire time uh, that they were doing their tap routine at the end. <laughs> uh, I didn't like her punching a hole in the hat, but yeah. uh, I enjoyed it. But, you know, I figure that's that's a scripting choice. <laughs> but the rest is all B. Arthur. So I, I, I just really enjoyed her face uh, throughout that entire part. So yep. so she gets my MVP, but, uh, you know, it, it was uh, yeah, a difficult choice because I wasn't super fond of this episode. Mm-hmm. So what would you rate this one, Ski? I, I was, I'm with you on this one as far as not liking it, but I didn't hate it either. I'd say four, right down the middle. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a fair, fair mm-hmm. uh, rating. And you, Brent? 
Yeah, I'm r- right there with you. Um, maybe a smidge below, like maybe just three and three quarters or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take out all the tap dancing, which I really enjoyed. You know, um, there weren't like a lot of great lines in there. You know. Yeah, that was the thing too. It, it just because as I'm trying to think of my favorite lines. You know, normally as I'm watching the episode, I'll jot down a few, and there just wasn't a lot that uh, yeah. a lot of times I'll be, you know, writing furiously trying to get all the good lines. And in this one, <laughs> yeah. they were kind of few and far between. So I think I'm going to go a little lower either than either of you and, and hit it with a three. Um, you know, actually, I think I'm going to go even slightly lower and go two and a half on this particular one. Because I guess dancing. I didn't love the tap dancing, yeah. at least the two, the second and third iteration yeah. of it. So then you take that away. And, and just have the, the main story, which, you know. Yeah. Could you give it a half star for Anne Haney? Uh, Anne Haney, I'll give the half stars for all the fine guest actors they had in it. Uh, I will be honest, you know, that actually swayed me up a bit. I would have probably gone for a three, but I was like, yeah. I did like a lot of the extras. Yeah, I mean, the nurse didn't have much to do, but uh, but the other three all had, had solid con- contributions to the episode. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Anyway, so I guess with that, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.